Hello and welcome back to the New Wave Hockey Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Link Dansevich. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people in the NHL did because there's some really good news moving into this, moving out of this holiday weekend. More news, a lot of people returning back to the ice after previously being injured or away from uh, a leave of absence. As some of you know, Jack Hughes was down and out for the count after having a really, really hot start for the season. He was uh, day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever it was, but now he's officially back and he's been suiting up for the Devils and he's playing uh, really well still. So let's see if he can continue that pace that he's been on and maybe catch up to his brother Quinn. We'll talk about him later, but yeah, his brother Quinn has been unreal. So we'll see which Hughes' brother uh, edges who out at the beginning of the season. Also coming back this week, Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad. They're both back from their long, long Stanley Cup run and their injuries that they retained from last June. You know, they've been out for a long, long time, and you know what? The Panthers have needed them. They've needed a little bit of defense on them, but they've been fine without them. I just can't wait to see how they are without them. I actually did make a trade in my fantasy hockey league this week to acquire Montour and Ekblad just because I had a feeling that they were going to come back, and guess what? They did. I'm really, really happy to have them both back, and they, they're really good players. They're two of my favorite defensemen in the NHL. It's really happy to see that they're both back, and they're both playing, and they're going to contribute to another pretty good Panthers squad this te- this season. So we'll see how they do this year. Moving on, Rick Bonus, after taking a leave of absence early on in the season because of family issues, is back for the back behind the bench for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, his absence wasn't really missed at all. The Jets have gone 9-2-2 and since he's been gone, and they've been one of the better teams in the Central Division. We'll see how they are with him back. But yeah, good to see that Rick Bonus is back. He's a legend of the game. It took the Dallas Stars to the Stanley Cup in that COVID pandemic season. Really good to see him back and coaching for the Winnipeg Jets. Now looking at the standings for every NHL team in the Eastern Conference, the Metropolitan Division, of course, dominated by the Rangers. They've been on top for a little while now, and it looks like they're not going to really go away. Seems like we're going to have to bring on Paul Croce uh, again for another Rangers talk because, man, they are hype this year. Moving on to the Atlantic Division, the Boston Bruins still have only lost one game this entire season in, the, in regulation. That's kind of crazy. They are shaping up to be a really, really good team again. Like I said earlier, Florida Panthers, they are second in the division without Ekblad and Montour. Their second, second division, they are going to be challenging the Boston Bruins. So we'll see how the Atlantic Division landscape changes with now those defensemen back. But Boston's still on top, and we'll see if that even comes close to changing any point during the season. In the Central Division in the Western Conference, the Dallas Stars have a narrow lead against the Colorado Avalanche and the Winnipeg Jets. Like I've been saying, the Winnipeg Jets have been a nice, nice team, especially without Rick Bonus behind the helm. So they really have just been trying to just generate momentum without him, and they really have. Uh, the Dallas Stars have a very, very narrow lead. 12 wins, 4 uh, regulation losses, 2 overtime losses. Colorado just behind them with all 6 of their losses becoming in regulation instead of 2 coming in overtime like Dallas. So very, very tight Western Conference Central Division, so we'll see what happens there. In the Pacific Division, the Vegas Golden Knights lead. They just took a uh, slight lead over the Vancouver Canucks, who are streaking right now. They've been incredible. I'm just about to talk about them because, again, we're going to bring out the stats leaders this year. And, yeah, it's dotted with a lot of Vancouver Canucks, uh, wouldn't you know it. And just behind the Vancouver Canucks is the LA Kings. They're kind of getting things going now. I mean, it's it's really good. It's a solid top three at the, at the top of the Pacific Division. Moving on now to stats leaders. Of course, the NHL has been dominated by the Vancouver Canucks and their power trio of Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson. Quinn Hughes is taking the lead by storm right now. When's the last time a defenseman was this dominant? Probably like 
prime Eric Carlson 2017, I'm, that was incredible. Quinn Hughes is really just, he's leading the league right now with 31 points. That's incredible. So he's he's taken over Kale McCarr, he's taken over Adam Fox, he's taken over even Eric Carlson. He's now solidified himself as the best offensive defenseman this year, so that's a great sign to see. Right behind him, JT Miller, he's been really good. He's the only other person with 30 points this year, so that's a lot uh, coming from him. So big stuff from both of them. Tied in third place is uh, your usual stars, Nikita Kucherov, David Pasternak, and Kale McCarr. And in fourth place, we got Elias Pettersson. You know, he's been he's been there. He's been grinding it out. He's been doing really, really well. Breakout season last year. I think he's going to continue with another great season this year, too. Also, I thought I would just mention in fifth place, with 27 points, William Nylander. Yeah, he's been on quite a streak recently. I forget how long his streak was going, but I think he had a point streak going of at least 16, 17, 18 games. So he's been incredible this season, and he's uh, kind of solidifying himself as the best Leaf. Two years ago, it was Austin Matthews. Last year, it was uh, Mitch Marner. And this year, it's looking like it's going to be William Nylander. So good stuff from all the stats leaders there. We'll see how that all changes like coming after this week here. Now let's look at our rookie leaders. I mean, it's nothing really has changed at all. Connor Bedard read, leads all the rookies with Logan Cooley and Pavel Mintyukov right behind him. But I just wanted to bring up one specific guy because I was really, really impressed with how he's been performing as of late. Marco Rossi, after previously being labeled as like a very disappointing player, has 10 points in 17 games with six goals. That's incredible. For a Minnesota Wild team that's been struggling a little bit, I'm Marco Rossi, he's been uh, performing. He's been bringing a lot of like firepower to this offense, which sorely needs it now. They have not been incredible as of late. I mean, if you took it, take a look at the standings now, they are 7th in the Central. 5-8-4 and four with 14 points, a negative 16-point differential. Now, you could argue a lot of that's coming from the defense. They need to probably acquire a defenseman. Definitely probably need to acquire a goalie. Philip Gustafsson is not getting it done in Minnesota. But Marco Rossi, I mean, he's showing some hope. I really, really like how he's been playing. I mean, I've he's always been one of the, my favorite prospects coming out of juniors. So I'm really, really happy, and I'm rooting for him right now. Moving on to more pertinent news. Some, some really, really exciting news broke over Thanksgiving break. They were talking about a international tournament. Yeah, this broke. Bill Daly was discussing uh, the NHL and the NHLPA are close to an agreement on a four-team international uh, tournament set in February of 2025 between Canada, USA, Sweden, and Finland. This would not be a World Cup, and this event would not include Russia due to the war. Let's look. We look at a tweet here. Yeah, Chris Johnston tweeted this out on the 16th of the day that I posted my podcast, actually. On the international tournament, yeah, for February 2025, then they want to return to the 2026 Olympics. So the NHL is going to come back to the Winter Olympics in 2026. So excited for that. And then a World Cup that would follow two years afterwards. So we will see what all this means and all, all that happens because I would love to see another World Cup of hockey. And Again, NHL players in the Olympics, that would get me going. So I'm really, really excited for that as well. So that's really all for news. I mean, again, it's been a slow news cycle. There's been a Thanksgiving break in between. However, I thought it would be pertinent to talk about this today. We are a month and two days away from the World Juniors Tournament in Gothenburg, Sweden. This is probably the best prospects tournament. I, in my opinion, it's the best hockey tournament in the entire year. I love watching it every single year um, from December 26th to January 5th, every single year. This is where all the best prospects show off their stuff on the international stage against other best prospects. And uh, it's we're just about a month away from it. So I thought today I would just go over my favorite player from each team that's going to be participating in the uh, World Juniors this year. I, I don't want to give you a 
prediction of rosters just yet, just because it's a little too early. Camps are just now forming, so we're going to see who's going to even be loaned out to teams. I don't even know if there's going to be a lot of players loaned out to the United States, Canada, Sweden, Finland. We'll see how all that shakes down, because NHL teams have been a little stingy as of late with their with their prospects, so we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, this is going to be shaping up, to, this is shaping up to be a really, really competitive World Juniors this year, so I thought I'd just dive into the player that I'm most excited for in each World Juniors team. So here we go. Starting off with Norway. They were just promoted from Division 2. They, of course, are replacing Austria, who was just relegated after uh, last year's performance. We'll see how they do this year. I would love to see a Norwegian team just, you know, stake its claim in the uh, the tournaments here. So let's see what happens here. But Norway, just promoted from Division 2. My pick for the player that I'm most excited, Michael Bransig Nygaard. Now, it's very rare when you get a Norwegian prospect who is just so highly touted. I mean, just think to yourself right now. Think about all the NHL players that you can think of that are of Norwegian birth. It's really only Matt Zuccarello, right? So to have a guy like Michael Bransik Nygaard, it's just exciting for me because I love seeing hockey players from different countries. It's really, really exciting. But anyways, he's been pretty, pretty good in the uh, J20 National, in the Hockey Allsvenskan. I would like to see more scoring, but he's been all right there. I think the the World Juniors is really going to show off his his ability because that's how Ryan David Reinbacker last year was able to show off how good he was. He was on a really bad team. I'm assuming Norway is going to be the worst team this year. Reinbacker sh- uh, shined for Austria when they were really really bad. So we'll see how uh, Bransik Nygaard does. Now, I'm not saying Nygaard is going to be like anything like Reinbacker, but I think he's going to be really really good. He was in my top ten. He was actually my number nine for my November rankings. We'll see where he falls uh, for December. I'm still just assessing everybody and watching uh, videos. But yeah, I'm really most excited to see this young prospect out of Norway. Now my pick for Latvia is going to be Dan Lokmelis. He's been kind of a force for the last two World Juniors tournaments for Latvia. In 2022-2021, he, uh, he had two points in five games. So, and then moving on, he had two, three goals, three very pivotal goals for Latvia in six games. So they've been a very gritty, hard-nosed team. They've been really well coached. They've been really good defensively. And they've just been able to upset a lot of teams. And I'm hoping that they're going to be able to do that this year with the help of Locke Mellis. He currently is playing for UMass in the NCAA. He's got two goals in eight games. Um, so we'll see what he's able to do. But yeah, for Latvia, easy pick. Dan Locke Mellis on a pretty gritty team. We will see who is the next young star from uh, Latvia that there's everyone's like, who is this guy? And why is he doing so, so good? Probably going to be a goalie again this year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, it was Patrick Berzins a few years ago. And we'll see who's going to be this year. Now, moving on to Germany, Luca Hauf. A lot of people like to say Julian Lutz because he's one of the only guys who's been drafted who's going to be on the German national team. Yeah, they're not going to be as good this year. It's going to be a very, very young German team, so we'll, we're going to see how they perform this year. But Luca Hauf, I really, really liked how he performed last year. Um, bringing up his stats from last year from a German team that really didn't perform all that well. He had one goal, a very uh, pivotal goal in in a pretty big game. Luca Hauf scored in the against the Latvia game, and you know they're not gonna have some pivotal guys like uh, Philip Kerning, Roman Kechter, Leon Vanderlind, Philip Sin, and Nikita Kwap. Their goal. I've, Germany. They're gonna be a very young team this year, uh, so don't be surprised if they finish at the bottom of the table this year. Now, moving on once again to Switzerland. I think it's an easy one. I'm gonna go with their first round pick from a couple years ago, Leon Bixel. He hasn't been incredible as a first-round pick. He hasn't been incredible in the last few World Juniors tournaments, but he's still my big pick nonetheless. He's a big six-foot-five defenseman playing in the AHL right now. In the last tournament, he had two points. In the last two tournaments, he has 
hasn't really been generating a lot at all. In Texas, though, he has 11 games played under his belt, five points, one of the main goals. So, you know, he's not a big point scorer, but I think he's a really, really solid defenseman. He played really well last year. I really liked um, his defensive game last year. I just would love to see him up the scoring a little bit. Switzerland's going to need that. They're a very young team, but their defense is always really solid. So I'm really excited to see that as well. Now, moving on to Czechia. I have the young underager Adam Yerachek, uh, younger brother of one David Yerachek. Now, in the past years, Czechia has, an, has had an incredible defense, which is just propelled their World Junior team to deep runs in the last two World Junior tournaments. They've been really, really good. Their defense is probably been the main reason behind that. So having a lot of those guys be gone kind of sucks for them. Thomas Amara is the only big defensive name that I see coming back. However, Adam Juracek, he's projected to go eighth overall in this uh, draft. He was my eighth overall prospect. My November rankings, we'll see if that changes. But now I, I he's my most excited. I'm most excited to see him in in. Uh, uh, red and uh, blue for Czechia because he's the future. He really is the guy that uh, they've really got to rely on for the next two World Juniors tournaments. It's not going to be Yuri Kulich. It's not going to be Mat- Matias Shapovalov. It's not going to be Edward Shala. I, I, I'm high on all those guys and also Michael Hrabal for the goalie. I, I really like a lot of the, the Czechia team this year, but it's going to be a younger Czechia team. And I think uh, at, that starts with Adam Yerichek. He's going to really have to take a step forward. So I'm really, really excited to see him going into the season. Adam Gajan is my pick for Slovakia. Now, Slovakia, they've got a pretty uh, nice team building up this season. Dalbor Dvorsky, Maxim Sturbach, potentially Simon Nemitz, we'll see, Philip Mayshar. But Adam Gajan, he was the key to their run last tournament, so we'll see what happens to them this year. He has been drafted by the Blackhawks after his incredible run last year. Let's see what he can do this year. Let's see if he can repeat. Let's see if he can finally... Maybe knock out Canada for me, for for my personal just my personal interest, because I would love to see that happen. Because I mean, they almost took out Canada. As a USA fan, I was just I was I was really really rooting for Slovakia and Adam Guyon as well. So I'm really really excited to see him suit up again this year and maybe make some World Juniors history again this year. Now. Moving on to Finland. Now, before moving on to uh, Finland, I want to give a quick sh- shout out to the to the Athletic, specifically Corey Pronman and Scott Wheeler. I'm using a little their their list as a reference. They've got some pretty extensive research done. They have rosters put together for the top four teams and who they think is going to be a big impact this year. So I, I really respect the work that they've done. So definitely go check out The Athletic. Um, their work uh, is incredible. I'm just doing my own work as well, but you know I'm using theirs as a reference as well. So I just want to give credit where credit is due. Now, moving on to Finland. They've got a really exciting potential roster this year. I mean, Yanni Neiman's probably going to come back. Kasper Holtinen. Konsta Hellenius is a very, very interesting prospect for me. In my November rankings, I had him at six. He might climb higher. We'll see. My December rankings are going to come out in a week, so we will see what happens there. Very, very high in Finland. I think this could be a very big year for them. However, they're led by their superstar. The I, I really don't think anybody else is going to be as impactful as Joachim Kemmel this year. He's probably their, their biggest prospect they have right now in Finland. I'm really, really excited to see him again and perform pretty well in the juniors. I would just love to see him do better. Finland was not a very high-scoring team last year. He led them in points with two goals to assist for four points. But they were, they did, they really just kind of just performed a lot worse than a lot of people thought they would. So I'm really, really just excited for them to just like take a step forward and like maybe grab bronzes here. We'll see. There's a tough Canada team. There's a tough USA team. There's always a tough Swedish team. But Finland, I, I think they're 
they're moving their way back into prominence. So we will see what happens with them. But uh, Joachim Kemmel, yeah, really, really excited to see him for Finland. Moving on to Sweden now. You know, there's a lot of guys that could have picked here. A lot of really good, solid players. But for me, I, I'm just going with a guy that I love. And it was really tough between these two players. I really want to pick two players. But I have to go with Jonathan Lekerimaki. It's going to be his, I think it's his third tournament. He's been just so, so good as of late. He's a great, great prospect. I cannot wait till the Vancouver Canucks bring him up. Uh, yeah, looking at his, his SHL stats, he has 12 points in 18 games, eight of those being goals. He's an incredible goal scorer. Last year, he had four points in seven games. He's going to definitely bring that up this year. I almost picked Axel Senden Palika. It's just after his draft year. We'll see how he does. He's not going to go nuclear, so he's going to be He's be just he's gonna be just all right, but Jonathan Lekerimaki, I think he's gonna really lead this team along with side of Liam Ogren and Noah Austin this year. But I think yeah, Lekerimaki is gonna be the big headline guy for the Swedes this year. Moving on to Canada, everybody's really talking about the consensus number one overall pick right now, Macklin Celebrini. Yeah, he's projected to be on the Canadian World Junior roster right now with all the high prospects like Savoy, Benson, and just everyone else. However, my player that I think you should watch this World Juniors tournament is going to be Jordan Dumais. Now, he's a third-round pick a few years ago by the Columbus Blue Jackets. However, he's been tearing it up in the QMJHL these last two seasons. He's been incredible. Just take a listen to these stats, okay? In his draft year, 68 games played, 39 goals, 70 assists for 109 points. And then last year, 64 games, 54 goals, 86 assists, and 140 points. That is incredible, ladies and gentlemen. And he's on a similar pace this year, 34 points in 14 games. Can this man be stopped? Put him in the World Juniors Tournament. He's been just incredible for them. He All this guy does is just score. He's just a scorer, a pure scorer, and I, I can't believe he didn't go earlier in the draft. Really, really big fan of the Blue Jackets prospect system. I've got a couple of them on this list right now, but Jordan Dumais, yeah, be excited for him. A lot of Canadian fans really just look at the the big, like, like impressive scorers like Zach Benson, Matthew Savoy, Macklin Chelebrine. But I think Jordan Dumais is really going to be the guy that stands out for this Canadian roster and probably puts them over the top. Now, moving on to the United States. In my opinion, I think this is going to be one of the strongest American rosters we've seen in a long, long time. There's a lot of, lot of big names that are going to be very, very pertinent to this the USA success this year. Cutter Gauthier, Jimmy Snuggerud, Riker McGrory. And, of course, the guys that were just drafted, Oliver Moore, Gabe Perot, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, it's a very, very stacked team. It's going to be. However, I think one of the guys who just got drafted is going to be the most impressive player to watch. He's really caught my eye the last few World Juniors tournaments and has just been a a huge, huge contributor to a World Juniors team that really just needed him. Gavin Brindley, of course, is the guy I'm talking about. Four points in last, last year's team, one of those being goals this year in the University of Michigan, his second year there, he's got 10 goals, 17 points for 14 and 14 games. Gavin Brindley is one of those special, special players who is just the glue of a team. I've always said that he's been one of my favorite players. I absolutely love Gavin Brindley. I think he's a tremendous player. I think he should have been taken the first round. Tremendous depth player. I think the Columbus Blue Jackets got him. He's a steal for them. He's going to be unreal for them when he eventually plays. And this year in the World Junior Tournament, I think he's going to be one of the big uh, difference makers. 
he sets up a lot of guys. Uh, he was really, really good with Adam Fantilli last year. He was really, uh, for Michigan, he was really, really good in the World Juniors Tournament last year. He just creates chances. I've always really loved Gavin Brindley. Really, really great player on both ends of the ice. And he's a, uh, a guy you have to watch. He's a must-watch player for the United States hockey team this year in the World Juniors. So that's really going to wrap it up for me. Again, it's going to be a short episode for this week. I um, hope everyone had a really great holiday. And yes, we will see you next week for some more coverage. And yes, I will be dropping my December rankings for the 2024 NHL draft. So look forward to that next week. So thank you all for listening. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. This is Link Dan Savage signing off.